0: be involved with these stories, at least not most of the time. Enjoy the show. This
1: this, this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM.
0: And welcome to Safety Wars for Friday, March 24th, 2023. How's everybody doing out there? What a week! For some people, the week is not over. We're going to be doing some more interviews. And I have to apologize up front. I forgot to upload the program yesterday. Oops. We had a good one. All right. more, more interviews from Anastasia Pashigriva. Alright, at least, hold on, let me double check. Let me make sure... Did I upload it? I don't remember doing it. Now that I think, I mean, you can tell my mind it's toast on a Friday night. Give me, give me a second here. No, I did not upload it. So last night we had an interview from uh, the Creative Society, right? Uh, Anastasia Pashagriva, uh, no, we met at the International Conference on Climate Change, and she feels, uh, and one of am feeling, there's actual research in this, that global climate change is geologic in origin, in origin not emissions. Tonight we're going to have... Uh, another uh, interview from Robert Bradley Jr. He is from Institute for energyresearch.org. He's going to talk about energy markets. He's going to talk about now what I've always said, which is what uh, uh what what is it? How can I say this politely that uh, basically things have not been well thought out with our energy policy. And every, and everything else along the ways. And it's going to be detrimental to us in the long term. Uh, there, he, and, you know, he has a point of view. Uh, has a lot of points of view. However, uh, uh, you know, a lot of stuff were force-fed by a lot of different sources, whether they're in school, the quote-unquote the news media, and everything else, and what, what the, uh, one of the one of the purposes of our program here is not to be manipulated. We're manipulated all over the place in the health and safety field, People, uh, no, uh, in society in general, uh, right? It's, it seems like a big manipulation game, and how do we overcome the manipulation? And that is through knowledge and education and learning and experience and everything else. You can guess what you cannot have. uh, uh, You cannot have uh, be empowered, right? Right. True empowerment without being educated. So we're we bring you a lot of alternative point of points of view here on this, and uh, you're never going to get anything less than that. than alternative points of view. Uh, Some of them I agree, agree with. Some of them I don't where we have some uh, guests scheduled in the very near future, I don't agree with them on a lot of stuff. But that doesn't mean that we don't can't get along with them and we can't have a dialogue with them. We cannot, you know, we're not into cancel culture here. We're into, you know, debates or maybe discussion, learning. Uh, why? If only to refine our ideas, maybe, or maybe, we'll, maybe we're, we're wrong on things. We could change our mind on it. Now, uh, knowledge uh, is not a scary thing all the time. Ideas are bulletproof, to quote the movie uh, V, right? Ideas are bulletproof out there. Uh, And I tell you what, I do very little editing to any of these interviews for a lot of reasons, right? Uh, No, I want people... No, I hate when when, uh, news outlets heavily redact and uh, produce all of their stories, and, you know, it's an issue. So we're going to go off right off the bat here. We're going to start with a... uh, We're going to go right off the bat with all the markets today. So let me get that on. No, I will not hit the clown music this time. Right, that's the clown music. All right, uh, do. Dow Jones Industrial Average closed at 32,237. It's up 0.41 percent. S&P 500 39,070 up 0.56 percent. Nasdaq uh, closed at 11,823.96 up 0.31 percent. Russell 2,000 at 17,34.92. Ten-year treasury notes sunk uh, to 3.376 percent. Bitcoin came down a little bit to 2750598 crude oil came down a little bit to 6920 i thought it was lower yesterday let me go and look that up nah it's all about the same out here precious metals gold came down to 198930 silver went up 2350 platinum came down to 998 and palladium is down to fourteen fifty five. Right, so we got that over with. I got it in by the end of the music. Ooh-hoo-hoo. So we have a lot of news today, and like I said, we have an interview at the end. So uh, we're going to go right to ocean news today. So one of the one of the uh, uh, issues out there right uh, that I have is, is with landscapers love them I used to do it back in the day uh, everybody had landscaper things in my neighborhood no you would my brothers had a little uh, landscaping business set up when they were teenagers they had five or six uh, clientele or customers they used to you know wasn't a lot of money they were making but it was no spending money some bling and you uh, you know so i have a real soft spot where, where the issue comes is when you have a landscape company who feels that they do not have uh, uh, hold on i got to cough here pardon me guys I had to cough a federal workplace right so you no know, they everybody had this and it is with these larger companies that are out there uh, again no training no uh uh no training don't have the right uh, equipment they don't have uh uh, uh uh a lot of stuff going on there all right for that so what what happens people get hurt right that's one of the uh that's one of the uh, side effects right people get hurt uh now uh heat stress which is a major issue now, right, because they're thinking about heat stress regulations with that. right? That's another issue uh, with this, uh, where companies are getting cited for heat stress issues, heat stroke. uh, And then you have uh, the other uh, violations of improper uh, storage of gasoline in plastic containers, off-flammable storage containers or anything else. Hold on, Jessica, you want to say hello? She's saying no. Come on, say hello. No. no. Okay. Doesn't want to say hello. My daughter and I share an office here. So here we go. U.S. Department of Labor finds long service contractor ignored safety standards, allow workers to operate riding motors dangerously at Fort Campbell. OSHA proposes $198,000 in penalties. What were some of the things? Exposing employees to potential lacerations and serious eye injuries by permitting workers to operate mowers with shoot guards in a tied up position. Pushing, putting workers at risk of crushing injuries or death in a rollover by allowing employees to operate zero turn mowers on slopes steeper than 15 degrees. I don't know what a zero turn motor is. Mower is. Uh, exposing employees to potential lacerations by allowing unsafe operation of a bench grinder. Uh, they're probably sharpening tools with that. and Allowing workers to operate a tractor without a cover on the power takeoff or PTO shaft. So that's rotating, right? So uh, $200,000 in penalties. you got to mow a lot of lawns to make up that money, man. Wow. So, and as we all say, Everyone's innocent till proven guilty and all of these things that uh, uh, reduced, down, negotiated, vacated, and everything else. So what do we got here? Citation 1, item 1. General duty clause. The employer did not furnish employment at a place of employment, which employees were free from recognized hazards that were caused or likely to cause death or serious physical harm to employees from crushing hazards. So, this happened, this was observed on three different occasions here. Uh, the employer exposed employees to crushing injuries or death from mower rollover on grade slope at angles that exceeded the manufacturer's recommended limit of 15 degrees, in that the employees were operating uh, a zero turn mower in culverts with a grade of 23.5 degrees. That's also the uh, uh, the uh, 23.5. The uh, that, what what's it called? The angle of the earth, 23.5 degrees. But anyway. Uh, on or about uh, another, and then second occasion, that time, and at times prior, the employer exposed employees to crushing injuries, right, again, uh, on grade slope that ankles had exceeded the manufacturer's recommended limit of 15 degrees and that operators were operating motors and culverts with a grade of 17 degrees. And then uh, a couple of uh, weeks or so later, two weeks later, almost, uh, the employer exposed employees to crushing injuries, right, on slopes that were twenty seven point one degrees. Right. So, anyway, what do they got to do? Measure and identify slopes within the company's mowing area that exceed fifteen degrees and use appropriate methods for mowing these areas. The uh, citation that's fifteen thousand six hundred twenty five bucks. Citation 1, Item 2. Protective equipment was not used or necessary. Wherever hazards capable of causing injury and impairment were encountered, that's 15,625. Citation 1, Item 3. Serious. Missing guarding. On three different occasions. On the uh, lawnmowers, 13,394. Uh, citation one item four. work rests on grinding machinery. We're not adjusted closely to the wheel with a maximum opening of one eighth of an inch. That's a, that's a common one, right? Whenever you see grinders, that's you're, right pedestal, especially pedestal grinders. That's very common honor about blah, blah, blah. And I'm sorry. The employer was the employer exposed employees to a series. Uh, uh, series. Uh, misspelling here, serious, it should be lacerations or eye injury from struck by and caught in hazards. That in, employees are using a bench grinder to trim metal parts in the space between the work rest, and the abrasive wheel is greater than one-fourth of an inch. Alright. Uh, penalty was $8,929. Citation one, item five, serious. All exposed parts of horizontal shaft. Seven feet or less from the floor, working platform, were not protected by a stationary casing and closing shafting completely. So the PTO, right, uh, did, did, did not have a cover. Power takeoff, 11,162. Citation two, item one, serious. All right, this is a willful, serious violation. It costs them 133000 almost 134000 for this bad boy. All power driven machines, belts, and gears are not positioned or otherwise guarded to prevent the operator's accidental contact therewith during, during normal starting, mounting, and operation of the machine. So basically, I'm. now it's very, rather lengthy here. Belt spindle guards were removed. Uh, uh, boom. Basically, everything was on here uh, with a couple of different pieces of equipment that were uh, no guards, missing guards, All right? So that one, total of almost $200,000. So uh, again, you know, uh, a lot of, uh, no, a lot, uh, no, this is a summer job, often a teenager's job. OSHA has a big outreach uh uh, thing for for that a lot of information on under on uh, minors who are working uh, on how to protect them you know that's a summer job type thing we'll probably do a couple programs with that U.S. Department of Labor and Trumbull Corporation partners to protect workers on Berkeley County West Virginia highway construction job the. Uh, partnership seeks to prevent worker injuries and exposures and hazards by developing developing a private public private approach to safety and health during the construction of a three mile four lane highway in Berkeley Springs West Virginia. The project includes construction of a roadway bypass, three million cubic yards of excavation, and construction of three bridges. So that's uh, pretty good, you're right uh, that they're doing that partnering up. Okay, let's go for
2: a commercial break. In the professional safety community, Sam Goodman with The Hop Nerd Sheldon Primus with The Safety Consultant Jim Pozell with Safety Wars Emily Elrod with Unapologetically Bold
0: And we are back. So, yeah, uh, doing multiple multitasking here, right? We're the engineer, the, we're the producer, we're everything else, right?
2: Do do do. Hold on. You are listening to Safety Wars. Tomorrow's safety today.
0: Okay, so... Here we go. Some good news out there. Newsom, Governor Newsom from California, eases water restrictions after storms drench California. This is an article by Jill McLaughlin from the Epoch Times. The drought is not yet over, but this year's wet and snowy storms have delivered enough water for California to ease residential restrictions, Governor Gavin Newsom announced on March 24th. Newsom signed an executive order Friday to stop asking residents to cut their water uh, by 15%, a measure first called for two years ago. Californians fell short of that, cutting back about 7.6% overall last June compared with the same month in 2020. We are, Are we out of the drought? Is the drought over in the state of California? Newsom said uh, on Friday. I want to affirm uh, your inset, instinct that it should be. It feels like it is. It is and continues to be complicated. I know that's disappointing for some because it would be nice to have a governor say the drought is over. The governor also increased allocations of water districts and everything else. Uh, one thing I'm not seeing here is blame, blame the blame game, right? At least in not that article. Anti Semitism increases also from the Epoch Times, article by Jackson Richmond. Anti Semitism increased by 36% in the U.S. The number of anti Semitic incidents in the U.S. in 2022 increased by 36% from the previous year, according to the Anti Defamation League. Right? This is actually a big issue in my community in Rockland County because you have uh, a huge. Uh, Population of ultra orthodox and orthodox Jews here, so uh, big issue with anti-Semitism. There was actually a uh, major attack, uh, not this past Hanukkah, but the Hanukkah before. Uh, There were thirty, I'll just call thirty seven hundred anti-Semitic incidents last year, where there was twenty seven hundred the year before. Right, this is a record high since nineteen seventy nine. Since data was being collected. So, what kind of uh, ta- attacks have there been? Anti Semitic harassment, uh, anti Semitic vandalism, and anti Semitic assaults. All before the 111 recorded anti Semitic assaults, one which resulted in fatality, were done with a deadly weapon. Orthodox Jews consisted of 53% of the assaults. Again, this is, you know, sickening to me. Scream as loud as you can. Five boys are rescued from New York City tunnel. Five mischievous boys had to be rescued after they crawled through a storm drain tunnel in New York City and got lost. An audio released by the fire department, 911 911 dispatchers worked to pinpoint the boy's exact location and then tell them to scream once rescuers are close enough to hear. Now you can scream as loud as you can. A dispatcher says they want to scream and yell. What I'm amazed about is that uh, what I'm amazed about is that they had cell phone coverage there. <laughs> I'll be perfectly honest with you. Uh, the boys walked about a quarter mile and called 911 when they couldn't find their way back. We were stuck in the sewer. One of the boys said on the recording, "You're stuck. Where the dispatcher sounds." second dispatcher says he's familiar with the area and tries to determine exactly where the boys are. Once you went down, was the sewer left, right, straight, or where was it? I need you to guide me. When the sirens can be heard, the dispatcher tells the boys to scream. At first, the boys fear that the rescuers aren't stop- stopping. They, it sounded like they went past us. They're not going anywhere. We're going to get you out of there. Uh, right, so... Again, you know, uh, this is like an old thing. I, I don't know if kids in uh, other parts of the country do this. This must be a New York and New Jersey thing because we used to do the same thing. We used to go into the storm sewers, not the sanitary, the storm sewers uh, around Woodbridge. That was one of the things until somebody tripped. That, that somebody was me, and it's pitch dark in there and everything else. And... uh Now, what else, you know, uh, vagrants and, uh, you know, drug addicts used to be in those things and everything else, you know, and then once it started raining, they made sure they hightailed it out of there because they were going to be flooded. But, you know, then our parents found out about it. Uh, They were yelling and screaming at us. It wasn't a good thing. So I get that. Now, I'm not going to fault the boys for doing that. No, boys will be boys. I I don't know. Uh, I tell you what, it's safer than some of the online stuff that's out there. Okay, so. Indo- in Indonesia, some news. Indonesia volcano erupts and towers, Tower is smoke and ash. Indonesians, Mount Ili, Lu- Luotolok, Luotot- Luototolok. Okay, Mount Ili. Lulu erupted on Friday, belching a tower of smoke and ash almost a kilometer into the sky, uh, prompting the authorities to impose a no-go zone in the area. There are no immediate reports of injuries, which set up a tower of volcanic smoke 700 meters high in a remote part of Southeast Asia archipelago nation. Archipelago nation. But uh, the authorities impose an exclusion zone of 2 kilometers around the crater uh, in East Nusa Tenggara province and advised nearby residents to wear masks to avoid respiratory problems, All right? East China Sea, Isles near potentially huge oil deposits. So there was a U.S. destroyer that was uh, allegedly chased out of uh, the area yesterday Right, And uh, China is claiming uh, control of that area. Well, here we have two stories from the Straits Times, both saying the same thing. East China Sea and South China Sea. They have huge amounts of oil, gas reserves, and rich fishing grounds. Could that have something to do with this? I don't know. Sounds pretty suspicious to me. Now, CDC... Right, and then we're going to go into our interview. Do do do. This is frustrating. I shut down the window. Oh no! Here, here you go. CDC. So they're saying a lot about this. Is uh, Candida auris, a drug-resistant germ that spreads in healthcare facilities. Uh, I'm going to read from the fact sheet here and highlight it. This is all from Centers for Disease Control, CDC.gov. Candida auris, also known as C. auris, is a fungus that causes serious infections. Patients with C. auris infection, their family members and other close contacts, uh, can help stop it from spreading. It causes serious infections. C. auris can cause bloodstream infections and even death, uh, particularly in hospital and nursing home patients or serious medical problems more than one in three patients patients invasive infections die so i heard on the news it's a lot higher than that it is often resistant to medicine so one of the things with and i'm getting this from uh paul stamets if you're a star trek discovery fan you'll recognize the name uh the character on there was named after the real Paul Stamets, who was a consultant for the first season of the show. Uh, he was He's uh, one of the world's foremost authorities on uh, mycology, right, the study of mushrooms and funguses. And it's believed, right, The the, the theory that he gives, and it's you know, pretty much out there, the problem with funguses is that our immune system does not necessarily uh, does not necessarily recognize it as an invader. Okay, so what happens is we all evolved from funguses. I'm not getting into a creation evolution debate. Okay, we evolved from funguses. Funguses were the first organisms uh, to uh, on, on the planet right, they fed on the rocks, and then the rocks wrote down, and everything else, and because of that, we, our immune system does not recognize fungus as an invader, so it, no, if your immune system fights it off at all, it does it very slowly, and it's very difficult to do, you uh, to deal with. So usually, what happens is they have to change your blood chemistry to get this stuff off, and they or they have to f- physically remove the fungus or put a topical cream if it's on the derm, no, a uh, skin type thing, right? Very difficult to get rid of. So, uh, what is this, right? It's often resistant to medicines. Yeah, that's because it's extremely difficult to manage a fungal infection. I'm thinking astrogeliosis is another bad one, and even the most common one, like athlete's foot. Right, I forget the name of the Latin name for that. But anyway, it's becoming more common. Although CRs was just discovered in 2009, it has quick, quick, uh, spread quickly and caused infections in more than a dozen countries. It's difficult to identify. CRs can be misidentified as other types of fungi, unless or fungi. Unless specialized laboratory technology is used, this misidentification might lead to a patient getting the wrong treatment. C.S. has caused outbreaks in healthcare facilities and can spread through contact with affected patients and contaminated surfaces or equipment. Good hand hygiene and cleaning in healthcare facilities is important. How do I know if I have a Candida auris infection? Candida auris is still rare in the U.S. People who get invasive Candida infections are often already sick from other medical conditions. The common symptoms of invasive Candida infection are fever and chills that don't improve after antibiotic treatment after a suspected bacterial infection. Right? So you could have, right? So they give you antibiotics thinking it's bacteriological, and it's fungal. They do nothing. Antibiotics do nothing with funguses. However, it is possible to have a fungal and bacterial infection at one time. So they'll often, just like with uh, COVID, uh, people and other uh, viral pneumonia, they give you antibiotics to make sure you do not have a dual infection, right? That I, I'm, again, I'm not a healthcare guy. I just know a lot about this stuff, right? So who's at risk? Family members and other close contacts with Sioris. Clean your hands uh, with hand sanitizer or, and, or soap and water before and after touching a patient with Sioris or equipment in his or her room. Remind healthcare workers to clean their hands. And so basically, it's all hand contact, uh, basically, with this. And this is an emerging illness, right? Uh they're still doing research on it. So this is something that you need to keep an eye on. We're going to keep an eye on on this program. All right. So I'm going to go ahead, and I am going to start with the interview. And we will be back. This is Ra- Robert Bradley, Jr. Uh, so I'm here with Rob Bradley. Who, has, uh, who shares a name with another Rob Grapple, a local guy here. Uh, he was one of the speakers today at the International Conference on Climate Change. And uh, tell us about yourself, Rob. If you're a speaker, okay. that means you're very high up in the policy or scientific arena.
1: Perhaps so. I am the founder and CEO of the Institute for Energy Research. Uh, Our main office is in Washington, D.C., and we're the free market voice on all things energy. And we find ourselves getting into climate change issues and other environmental issues uh, because they're such an integral part of energy policy. So
0: I've asked this with everything. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? yourself?
1: Where's your background, uh, educational-wise, <laughs> you <don't> organization-wise, <laughs> where you're at? Yes, um, <clears throat> I'm a historian of oil, oil, gas, electricity regulation in the United States. I've written a number of books on uh, these subjects. And uh, the wisdom of history comes into play. You find out that a lot of mistakes we're making today were made uh, many decades ago. Uh, uh, and they could be avoided. Um, so uh, I like to bring uh, a political economy um, um, uh, angle to the energy debates.
0: So what's uh, primary, uh, well, I, I think, think most people, people here are free market, market people, people. Uh, as yeah. opposed to whatever we're yeah. describing the yeah. other side. Some people have these very strong words on this program, program today. Uh, uh, I will put those words <laughs> in, in. <laughs> in your mouth. Uh, free market versus the other side. Uh, what do you see the future of uh, where we're going in this country or in this Western world? Well we know what's going on in the Eastern world. What about the Western
1: world? Well, we're in a, in a bad situation on energy policy. Uh, Obama had something to do with it. Uh, Biden had a whole lot to do with it. And uh, uh, in particular, our electricity grid is very wounded in states like Texas and California, uh, Michigan, elsewhere, because we have so much wind and solar that's very unreliable. It's weather dependent. It can be here uh, one moment and gone the next moment. And from all the subsidies and preferences that go to wind and solar, it has caused the premature retirement of uh baseload or um Uh, uh, reliable energy, such as coal, natural gas, even nuclear. So we have uh, weak grids around the country. Uh, There's more wind and solar coming in. It is subsidized almost without limit. And so uh, the idea of uh, brownouts, blackouts, or uh, price spikes, uh, where you get your electricity but you have to pay a whole lot for it, are part of the landscape so
0: this was the problem uh with Texas. i believe it was
1: two winters ago yep two years ago we just had our second anniversary and that was long predicted uh, because wind and solar were coming uh, on the grid more and more and more and people saw it coming and it took uh uh, the perfect storm uh, storm uri to expose the problems now uh, some will say, "Well, gas plants, coal plants—they uh, were not operational; they underachieved." Well, guess what? You need incentives for these plants to um, to perform up to capacity. Uh, and we lost a lot of capacity. There's no new capacity, and there's a lot of cost cutting. So, sure enough, uh, under stress, the reliables. Uh, uh, failed in it's sort of a Atlas Shrugs uh, situation, if you are familiar with Ayn Rand. Oh, very familiar
0: with that. Right? at a certain point, everybody just says, "The heck with it. We're not going to deal with this anymore. It's not worth the risk of reward." That's right. And what I call the aggravation
1: factor. Right. The aggravation. Right. So the uh, we have all all this phantom capacity that could have saved us. But uh, it didn't. It wasn't in play just because of the bad incentives. So, uh,
0: California. I uh, know in the late 1990s they had an issue there with, with the auctioning of the power and everything. everything. They ended up with a power shortage. Well, the, uh, one, one of the one of the, the if right, One of the causes of that was this technological revolution that we have with computers if you recall the Y2K situation, everybody bought new computers, and everything that never panned <laughs> out, right? And everything else and an increase, the power needs increased, like ridiculous amounts and everything. Now we're seeing issues where California is depopulating on a certain extent. New York State, where I'm from, is depopulating down south. Do they actually have so it seems like the areas like Texas are going to be more power, and they're getting less capacity in the grid, less of a base
1: flow or base capacity in there. Do you see this problem continuing? Yeah, it's a yeah, yeah. Te- uh, Texas uh, electricity demand is going up, and particularly if uh, the government subsidizes electric vehicles, it's going to be that much more. So with wind and solar continuing to come on. We have a real real problem here, and now what they're talking about is demand-side management, where if you have a smart meter in your home, then the utility or, or the regulators can say, well, nope, we're not going to uh, uh, give you the power you want, or it's going to be at a pro- prohibitively high price, or... Uh, there could be old-fashioned rationing, like we had in World War II. I know that uh,
0: there's been reports of <laughs> the smart meters where they're just they're shutting off, shut off shut shutting off. off, or coming cutting, putting people into a brownout situation.
1: So then they're coming, coming home and wondering why their appliances are all fried. Right, right. Uh, so, uh, really, my message to your listeners is: don't get a smart meter uh, because if you get one of those in the home, Big Brother is with you. Well, what they're,
0: they're doing, doing now, now is to, if you have, have a smart meter, meter they're char- if you do not have a smart meter, I just found this out, they're charging you $10 more a month on your electric bill.
1: Well, there there you go. Uh, it's all coercion.
0: So one of the things that, that we talk about is security to the grid, right? So uh, NBC uh, News, to their credit, right? They're, they don't really all, always give fair coverage like all the other networks out there. They uh, uncovered that uh, there were over 600 attacks to the power grid, physical attacks, between 2014 and 2019, something like that. And uh, in North Carolina, most recently, they not have one, one whole county that. And it's not a right wing or a left wing type of thing. They're not even sure who the who all of these people are. What what are your thoughts on that, on the actual physical security of the
1: power grid? Well, we need to harden the grid. Uh, Maybe we need a lot of uh, concrete around substations. Uh, Maybe we need to have electric cables underground rather than on the poles. This is where the money should be spent on, not on wind and solar. I mean, if you, if you looked at the tens of billions of dollars that have been spent in Texas and in other states, imagine the opportunity cost, what that could have gone for, and we could have had a hard grid.
0: How about EM pulses? Uh, there's been a lot of talk on electromagnetic pulses, specifically X flares and higher from the sun, knocking out portions of our grid. Do you foresee that based on what your experience and your knowledge? You You know,
1: you're ahead ahead of me there, Jim, so I'm going to listen to you.
0: Uh, Well, there's been numerous reports. uh, The government had, the feds had a uh, report uh, going out on a commission for many years on threats to the power grid. EM pulses uh, from either a nuclear bomb going off over the uh, uh, center of the United States and things that... uh, would actually knock out parts of the power grid through the electromagnetic pulse and all. So from, uh, there, there, uh, in the 1860s, I believe it was
2: 1868,
0: you had a Carrington event where all of the telegraph lines were uh, uh, destroyed by a solar flare. Does your organization address any of those?
1: Not, not like really, that? but it sounds like this is an issue where the resources should be going to and not to wind, solar, decarbonization, and all these other things. We have real problems, and we need to address them.
0: So I mean, I've asked this from every person I interviewed today, and, but I think you've already pretty much had answered this. Where do you see this going in 10 years or 5 years out into the future, and what, is, what can we do as the average person, the average yeah. show, to address this. Yeah, that's um, really where we need
1: Yeah. Anyway. yeah we're, we're on a road to serfdom, uh, particularly with electricity policy. Uh, uh, we continue to go down the interventionist road, more government, more government, rather than less in response to crises. And so um, we all have to energ- educate our, each other and... Get the political energy to stop all this, to stop the subsidies to wind and solar, to stop all this net zero talk, and the, uh, to get the grid back in good shape. The, the owners of the grid need to control it. Uh, so we need to uh, sunset, get away from the um, uh, uh, regional transmission organizations and the independent transmission organizations, so-called ISOs, RTOs, that monopolize uh, the electricity grid over large parts uh, of the state. So we need to get government out of the planning business with electricity on the supply side and the demand side.
0: So what always we always try to talk about, it. about it, you know, on our program, one of our main focuses is on disaster and reparation um, no, emergency planning, it's all part of safety here. You know, we do a lot of disaster training here, either on the air or in person. One of the things that I try to stress is uh, no, guaranteeing that you have a secure electrical source.
1: Yeah, Whether that's
0: the generator, and I know this is, we talked about solar power and everything, solar power does have some uses. Off, right. the well, off the grid. Off the grid. Off the it's grid. It's always had a free market niche. It's all in a free market niche. Yeah. I'm here. Uh, this alarms me that uh, it continues to alarm me that we have security issues, capacity issues,
1: uh, negative incentive issues
0: for the whole power grid system. Right. And, you know, it's very, very concerning to me, you know, in emergency management and planning and everything. Uh, I guess my question is: Is what would you recommend the average person? What can they do to help guarantee uh, electrical security for them? Well, we talked about the government solutions and everything like that. Well, what do you think the average person can do, other than educating themselves, and forcing the politicians, right, to the ballot box, to? Well, that well that
1: that's a lot of it there. Um, uh, lots of local communities are protesting against new wind, industrial wind turbines being built in their areas, uh, solar arrays that take up acres and acres. Uh, that's a good start, too. These, these facilities are all government-enabled, so let the NIMBY problem, let it, uh, let it rain over these uh, artificial projects because it'll make the grid more reliable. So we need to stop adding wind and solar. We need to uh, start retiring existing wind and solar, and we need to get to the best energies as chosen by consumers, and that's natural gas fired combined cycle and state-of-the-art coal plants, which are very clean these days.
0: There's been a lot of talk about uh, local uh, small size nuclear reactors in communities or there's a movement, I don't know if, how involved your organization uh, is in this, where they would make, no, so you have some plenty of submarines and nuclear uh, 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 aircraft carriers out there. Having smaller generating stations in each community. Right. Would this go, do you have any comments on that? Would that go
1: to, well, it's, prohi- it's prohibitively expensive. And uh, uh, the time frame for building these things is years and years. Some of that's due to regulation. But on the other hand, uh, the government, uh, through the Price-Anderson Act, guarantees uh, there's a liability maximum. And so the gov- the taxpayer is ultimately on the line for nuclear safety. So my solution to this is a free market approach where if the plant is economic and if it's safe and meaning that they can get their own insurance then nuclear has a role but with high interest rates it's really ruined the economics of nuclear even more than it was before because these are multi-year projects i mean you can go uh, five eight Years before you get any electricity. So, and that's uh, an optimistic view. That's, that's probably optimistic. Uh, so, uh, the nuclear industry existing capacity uh, is low cost. And unfortunately, existing capacity is getting penalized by wind and solar because wind and solar is the cheapest on a marginal cost basis because of the price of right. wind and solar is, is less than the price of uranium. Uh, so it's ruining the margins of the nuclear plants, and they're prematurely retiring. So wind and solar, lots of unintended consequences.
2: Sure.
0: So was there anything else you wanted to talk about? I'm pretty much out of questions here.
1: Well, I'm not it, being
0: prepared. I think I did pretty good. good.
1: You did great, and uh, it's 5 o'clock, I think.
0: Yes, it
1: is. Uh 5.17. All right. Well, great. Thank you, Jim. That was fun. What's
0: uh, the name of your organization and your
1: website? the Institute for Energy Research. I E R. Um, and I have a blog called Master Resource.
0: Uh,
1: dot Master Resource. Dot .org, I really
0: appreciate this. Uh, good. it was a good Was uh, and I hope you enjoyed the rest of the conference.